0: Hey, everybody, on today's episode, I've got Scott Brady coming on talking about the state of the property management market
1: welcome to the property management mastermind show with your host brad larson brad owns one of the fastest growing property management companies in san antonio texas this podcast is for property managers by property managers you'll hear from industry leading professionals on best practices new ideas success stories and lessons learned this is your opportunity to learn about the latest industry buzz surrounding property management as well as tips and strategies to improve your business
2: As a property manager, it's important for your business and your bottom line to work with the right insurance partner. But getting the right coverage for all parties involved isn't always easy. That's where Steadily.com comes in. Steadily is the industry leader in landlord insurance, offering fast, affordable coverage online in just a few clicks. Steadily works with property managers nationwide to insure their portfolios of managed properties and provides guaranteed listing as additional insured with easy online visibility into property insurance coverage. Leverages. with top of market referral fees steadily also helps you drive extra revenue per door while bringing tremendous value to your clients that's why property managers nationwide rate steadily 4.8 out of five stars find out how steadily can save you time and help you earn extra revenue to get started visit steadily.com slash partners slash pmm or email us at partners at and mention that you heard us on the pmm podcast solve your communication problems and save an hour a day every day with company cam company cam is a visual first job site communication app that allows you to have all of your properties right in your pocket company cam automatically organizes unlimited property photos by date time and location while easily creating and sending reports to renters and owners to save time and money keep vendors and clients up to date on property projects from start to finish with live project timelines every project photo video and conversation all within one app company cam visit companycam.com and make your life easier today
0: welcome everybody to another edition of the property Management mastermind show i'm your host brad larson now today's guest i'm going to be bringing on scott brady and he is a big time property management company owner out of southern california and this is going to be a long intro because i want to talk about what we're going to discuss at detail here Now, Scott's been putting together a presentation, and it's and it's roughly the seven reasons why it's such a great time to be in the property management world. And we're going to detail this out in length because we talk about some of the things that have gone on in the past. We talk about the market. We talk about agency. We talk a lot about property management, getting lean. It really is a fantastic episode on what to do and be excited about being in the property management world right now. And so it's a really Good point to talk through, and without further ado, I'm gonna bring on Scott, let's go ahead. Scott, welcome to Property Manager Mastermind Podcast. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well, and it's glad to be here with you, Brad.
0: This is my new intro, where I'm gonna do a long monologue, which you just listened to, and then we're gonna jump right into the conversation. I've got Scott Brady here, and I want you to give us a few minutes to introduce yourself.
1: Sure, my name is Scott Brady. I uh, own a property management company, real estate company, and association manager company in Southern California. Been doing this for about 10 years. I uh, joined uh, the Narpam uh, group about uh, 6 years ago, 8 years ago, and I manage about 1200 residential doors, we manage about 85 associations and we have about 55 agents here.
0: Pretty good experience in all realms of the property management world, which is why this is such a fun discussion. Uh, In the monologue, I'm going to talk about the seven reasons why the next five years could be the best five years, which is the title of one of the presentations you're putting together. I thought it was so poignant and spot on that we just needed to jump on a podcast and talk through it because there's a lot of good points. With the bottom line up front, it's a very good time to be an established property management company for the foreseeable future. Uh, We've been saying for years and years that it's recession-proof. Well, now is the time to prove it, and here we go. Let's start with number one. What are your first... What's the first bullet point at the top of your head that you think you want to discuss on this?
1: Well, I think the obvious one we're all very familiar with right now is the current real estate recession. Um, in my marketplace, sales are down 45%. Think of that, 45%, the lowest level of sales in, I think, since 2008, even worse. They're, they're going back to 90, 1997 now. So what we've got is uh, far fewer sales. And we've only been in this market for a few months. So um, I'm anticipating this year, when an agent goes out to, to take a list and go to a listing appointment and tells the seller, well, I know you think it was worth a million, it's really worth 800,000, that seller's gonna do what they have done in previous recessions, and you and I both know, is I'll just keep it as a rental. I'm sitting on 3% interest rate, uh, rents here are going through the roof. Um, it's a great asset to keep and I'll, I'll I'll just hire a property management company to take care of this property till prices come back up again and at what some point in my future I might sell. So we are counter cyclical to recessions where the real estate industry suffers mightily during these recessions and they, they are going to suffer. Um, it's really, we should be adding doors. We, we, you, we went the last five years losing doors because every investor wanted to sell and reap a big profit. We're not going to lose any doors to sales in the next 12 months or 24 months or longer than that.
0: Yeah. One of the slides, you had a really good outlay of 47 recessions since 79, 1790. And it looks like just an up and down going through the hills and dales of uh, the timeline through there. It's some really good stuff because you make bullet points where interest rates climbed to 18% in the early 80s. And you have energy, energy crisis in here. You got the oil price shock stuff going on. Uh, we got the Great Recession, mortgage crisis, bank crisis. I mean, all those things have contributed to this up and down roller coaster. But I think we're going into a recession as we can clearly see. And agents are going to have some issues, right? They're going to have some issues in selling some homes. Uh, a recent tidbit, uh, little story is i saw a very similar priced uh built home as to what i live in and the agent walked in and basically bought their listing and so if you don't know what that means in the real estate world uh they tell them whatever they want to hear hmm. and so the listing went up for 1.2 and uh 30 days later they reduced to 975 and they sold with one bidder at 950 hmm. and one bidding process so the agent was only off a quarter million in hmm. 60 days on the market And so that's the true definition of buying your listings. That's only going to go so far because agents are going to have that persona of just telling people to sell for whatever they want to hear. And that's going to quickly be ostracized in this world because when you have a, a listing that goes for four, five, six, seven months of vacancy, now you have consumers that are seriously ticked off that their agent lied to them right? Or their agent did a sales tactic where they just bought their listing and then hit them with price decreases from day one, day two. Oh, it's overpriced. You got to decrease. You got to decrease. So yeah, they only missed the mark by, you know, 25%, no big deal, but Hey, they got the business. Right. And that just, that's a bad realm to be in for agents. And that's just one of the things we want to talk about because in the agency side, you had talked about some of the major things going on with agency. And this is, this is one of the things we, you know, touch on but it has to do with the real estate recession, because the recession is part of agency. And I want you to talk a little bit about the, the pending lawsuits that are potentially going on, which could potentially factor into the real estate market as a whole.
1: Yeah, there are three big trends going on in the real estate side of things. Um, the first is, of course, the real estate recession. And this recession is going to be unique because we never had 3% interest rates before a recession um be, all the other recessions rates were at six or seven percent this one's going to make it I think a little more severe because of that also the longer recovery the longer recession our, our last recession was 2010 we had 12 years usually recessions happen every seven or eight so I think this one's going to be particularly tough but the second big trend of course is um the removal buyer commission so uh, there's a couple lawsuits that are class action lawsuits when One, one's been pushed October uh, there's also the FTC and already um states are buckling so the state of washington has removed buyers compensation from the multiple, list, multiple listing service and we already know what's going on up there and i'll share that with you but bottom line is what the what the these lawsuits contend and you, it's hard to argue if you will that if, if you're offering a lower commission people steer you away from that listing if somebody's offering five hundred dollars and one's offering three percent or million dollar sale gee let's go look at the one that's three percent uh the other issue is that really buyers don't have the right to negotiate commission so when you go into a listing appointment, seller talks about commission you're I'm charging this much because I do this and I'm wonderful and somebody must be charging a lot less because they're a discount brokerage, whatever. You don't have that option right now on the buyer side. So already in California, they're changing the forms, they're changing the purchase agreement um, like they did in Washington. So, you know, you're going to have to get a, a, a buyer representation agreement signed up front saying, hey, even if the seller's not paying commission, you're paying me buyer um and and then once you make an offer you can negotiate the commission back and forth and see what happens um you know the, the bottom line is what they've seen in Washington state is that they've saw a bunch of new business models pop up that charged buyers less what a surprise so mm-hmm. uh, for example we're already talking about a flat fee buyer uh you know brokerage here we only charge five thousand dollars to help a buyer find a property so you know effectively Um, You know, you and I, I've been in this industry a long time. The first thing you do when you get out of real estate school is work with buyers, right? Because they don't, they don't, you know, I don't care, you know, how long you've been in the business, just get me that house over there, right? Well, that's going to change significantly. Um, And so we think that's going to have a major impact on the number of agents in the business. Um, The third trend, we can talk about it is particularly in California, you've had a huge trend going away from brokerage brand to team or agent brand. Uh, there's a company here called side inc if you're a top producer they'll help you set up your own brokerage and so the brokerages which traditionally lived on escrow income from their top agents um, and then the commission from the buyer's agents they're they're going to see their their profits absolutely devastated uh between these the 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 teams getting bigger individual brands getting bigger brokerage becoming less important the removal of compensation from the buyer side plus a real estate recession which already would have knocked 10 to 20 percent of the agents out of the system so we could see forty to fifty percent of the agents leave the industry in the next three years,
0: Huge which challenge. does kind of make it—it it makes it a little bit healthy, uh, healthier, let's say. Yep. But it also—it's a little scary because they're all going to go potentially to, into property management with the low barrier of entry that uh, is known for this industry. So that could make it healthier. That could—that could dilute the waters. That could cause more further legislation to. Uh, further regulate the property management industry. We don't really know where this is going to go, but it is a trend. And I got to believe it. You know, it's, it's kind of a fair deal that the buyer's agency is going to be, I guess, uh, put in check a little bit because, you know, on that, you, you give a good example on an $800,000 purchase price, the buyer's agents making 20 or 25 grand. And you look at that and you're like, you know, what did they do? They sent me some listings online they wrote up an offer. And because it was it was not that hard. Now, all the agents out there are screaming at me, oh, we work so hard for our money. Okay, yep. Well, then uh, it's going to see a trend to where it's going to regulate a bit more. And we'll, we'll have to just kind of see how that turns out. It's an interesting talking point because what happens is very scary. You and I've talked about this a couple of times before. All of them are going to go towards property management with you being positioned very well to take that on because in your particular business model, you employ agents that may not be making, you know, a hundred sales a year. Uh, They're making ten sales a year and they want to augment their production. They all want to augment their income with doing property management at the portfolio level. And that's, that's a really neat concept. So spend a few minutes talking about that because I think that's, that's unique to you and some of the things you put together.
1: Well, I I think it's, I think everybody out there listening who's got a management company should think about how can I take advantage of these realtors falling out of the real estate tree? So in my business model, you're right. We hire real estate agents to be both property managers and association managers. Uh, They're independent contractors. They work, you know, they're, they're, they're working remotely. And then we provide the doors for them to manage and the communities for them to manage. But for example, um, in Southern California, we can own an escrow company every, it's different all over the country. Some are titles, some are attorneys, whatever it might be here, a broker can own an escrow company and then profit from the escrows, uh, of, that their agents generate. So what I've decided to do is we started another escrow company and it's owned by other top agents. So that trend, once again, since people are setting up their own brokerages and their own teams, and they're not no longer really listening to what their, their brokerage has to tell them, they're happy to own a piece of an escrow company. They make a profit from their escrows and I make a profit from developing it, right? Um, you might wanna j- joint venture out there with a real estate company that's all of a sudden their profits are dwindling. They're looking for a way to make money and you come and you say, well, I'll JV with you. And let's, you know, you give me access to your agents and your doors and we'll create some kind of a compensation plan. Or like what many of us have done is work with the real estate community and say, hey, I want to get your investment properties and I'll give it back to you when it goes to sell. But I want everybody to start thinking about as a real estate industry um, it implodes, is the nice way of be saying it, as it implodes financially and just with the numbers, how can we that have subscription income, that have stable income, that are cyclical, that have longevity, how can we take advantage of that? How can you take advantage of um, you know, there's, I think, over 2 million realtors in the United States, and if all of a sudden 600,000 had to leave the real estate industry, but they really, what are they qualified to do? When you've been a real estate agent for three years, what are you qualified to do? Well, you know, maybe you're qualified to be a community manager or a property manager. Um, I don't know, but um, as, they're, as they're leaving this industry, before they leave, they, have, they try to reach out. I, I just hired 10 agents in the last three weeks for our business model, and uh, they were happy to let go where they're working for the chance to stay in this industry, retain the lifestyle of an independent contractor, um, to work from home and still sell homes if you know, but have some stable income. So, I just think that as we as an industry have to look at that as an opportunity um, as these agents um, you know, are forced to leave the industry.
0: It's an opportunity for both sides, so don't don't feel like we're we're hawking it. You know we are offering you a very good solution to maintain the lifestyle and actually raise the level of your income that you can produce for yourselves. Now I want you to spend a few minutes and talk about some of the correlations between the debt and the interest rates and kind of your synopsis of the analysis you did because that was pretty pretty spot on and I think it's a it's worth being mentioned because we're talking about the state of the market and this is a big part of it.
1: Yeah, this whole thing, the, the this recession where we are right now and where we're going to be for the next few years was caused by the Fed's. Uh and the Fed's decided starting in 08 and then of course when COVID hit to have a zero interest rate policy. Um and, and they, they drove rates below zero or at zero and everybody was chasing yields and uh a lot of people put it in corporate in in stock market and real estate of course, in corporate debt um and you know that was just not tenable the the federal government bought over three trillion dollars of mortgage-backed securities over the last you know six years and and bottom line is the entire mortgage-backed security market in one year is only two trillion so you know they they I I, I get it I think they're afraid that you zombies be walking the streets during COVID and let's just throw it you know the kitchen sink at it but this is the price you pay for a a zero interest rate policy for asset inflation For rates at two to three percent for over you know a year um and and the real estate industry is going to take it on the chin because as you and i both know home prices went up 40 percent in less than two years two and a half years um and so if you give back 10 or 15 so what you're still way ahead so in california all you've done is um the, the first time home buyers is in can't buy it's just it's financially not feasible. Um And the only people selling right now are people that divorce, death, diamonds, you know, the four D's. If you have to sell, you're selling. Nobody's choosing. Very few people are choosing to sell and move up. Um They're going to come out feet first now. That's why the sales are so down. And there's nothing a realtor can do. Door knocking is not going to get more people to sell. It's a zero sum game. I was listening to Tom Ferry's podcast the other day, and he was selling, he's telling, he telling his, all his people that pay him, you know, fifteen hundred bucks a month plus, you're gonna to have to work twice as hard. That was his that was his words of wisdom to his his industry. And, you know, w- we have this great opportunity um with this recession because our competition is not the property management company down the street. My competition is the people who are self managing. Um, which we think is 60 to 70%. And really, you you know, with we have companies helping them, technology companies or Zillow making it easier to self manage. But as we talk about what's happening here, of course, with the California renter state, it's, it's just becoming harder and harder to self manage. And, and we all believe that the future of the United States is what happened in Australia, where only 30% of people self manage. Um, and, you know, we're only one bad law away in California. There's a proposal now in California to have a statewide rental registry that if you have a rental property, you've got to put in what your rent is, who your tenants are, who you are, how we can contact you. And of course, the long arm, the law will get you. Well, that's great. You know, there, there's also a, 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 they're talking about mandatory education for uh, rental property owners. So you're in Chicago, Colorado, you're gonna fly in for the day for your four hour presentation, it's not gonna happen. So, you know, it all, all this bodes well um, for us. Um, you know, uh, renter state's terrible, renter nation's not good for private property rights. But it's definitely good for property management.
0: Yeah, one of the things you, you did in this analysis was you broke it down to how much down, how much a month. And that really kind of explains it to me in my mind because you look at a, okay, well, I'm a first time home buyer or a third time home buyer. Mm-hmm. And, okay, how much is it on that particular home that I like over there? Oh my God, it's that much down. And then it's that much a month. I, that's just unaffordable. It used to be, you know, a third of that. Let's say it was. Used to be 3,000 last month, you know, six months ago, a year ago, when the interest rates were di- different. Now it's 4,500 a month. Well, that's just outside of my budget. I might have the down payment, but the budget wise, uh, when you start talking about monthly payment, because of the interest rate hike, because of the inflated prices, that puts people out of the market. And you, you touched on a nail on the head there with the sellers. The sellers are going to look at that and say, well, I can't replace this interest rate that I got, you know, a year ago, three or 4%, uh, because what am I going to do with that money i make if i make it i'm just not going to enter the sales market which creates more opportunities for renters because if those folks want to move or relocate they may never want to sell they may rent it out for five years ten years and come back or wait till the market improves and so this gives our pool of customers clients uh that much more of an influx of people coming in to say you know what i kind of like this whole rental thing uh how does this work and then I was talking about this on a previous podcast. Well, you remember the whole renter's warehouse. Uh, they were doing all their their radio commercials. Well, that benefited the industry as a whole because it made people aware of like, what is this property management thing? You can hire a property manager? I didn't know that. Google, Google, Google. And the next thing you know, our companies, yours and mine would pop up and potentially we get a lead on behalf of renter's warehouse. And because of that pool of, of uh, potential people are going that much more. We're prepared for an influx of, clients this year more than we ever have in the past. And I I mean, I can throw numbers at you, but it's all just pie in the sky until it's actually done. I hate to even make projections, but uh, we are beefing up operations to be able to to, uh, bring on those homes. We're prepared for less homes to leave the inventory and we're prepared for more homes to enter. So operationally wise, you have to beef up and get ready, which is why behind me, you'll see the dump truck you remember uh, my dump truck story where you have to be ready for 100 contracts to fall on your, your front step uh, that day. And if you're not ready for that, then you need to be ready for that grow operationally. So back to some of the points that we don't talk about here is, you know, you mentioned being lean and mean. And so I want you to kind of elaborate on that a little bit.
2: Past Pass share a pest control amenity for your resident benefits program. Starting at just $5 per door, you can give your residents the pest control coverage they need. PestShare will even pay for the expensive infestations like bed bugs and cockroaches. End the debate over who pays for pest control while PestShare turns an expense into added revenue. For more information, check out their website at PestShare.com property managers.
1: Yeah, this industry has gone through so many changes in the last 10 years, and I've been able to experience it. And I think the one, you know, you and I have talked for many years about this, but the one thing this industry has done really well, because now I'm in association management, I see they don't do this at all very well, is we've gotten very lean the last, I would say, particularly last five years. And specifically, what we've done as an industry have really embraced remote team members. We've embraced technology. We've embraced outsourcing. We've embraced anything that makes us, you know, reducing our costs. When there was that famous study that uh, they did about seven years ago, the average profit margin of an operator in our industry was down to like 5%. It was, it was, it was, and I think that was a wake up call for our industry that you know, we got to do better. And we did better by both growing revenue, which we'll talk about, but by reducing costs. So I don't know about you, but not only do I have remote team members that take all our phone calls, and I hear that we take something like 500 calls a day, 600 calls a day, but they do my accounts payable, accounts receivables, they're doing uh, financials for us. Of course, they, they take all the owner calls for on the HOA side, they take the tenant calls on the residential side. Um in California an an, an exempt employees so that's somebody that can work overtime evenings which is most of our, our community managers um the minimum pay now if you add in all the benefits is $75,000 that works out to almost $40 an hour and i can hire an rtm for about 7 bucks an hour and 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 they do an amazing job so it's making us as an industry um, and, and really, and the service level goes up too, right? So not only are we saving money, providing higher level of service, um, and 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 we're ahead of the curve because real st- residential real estate doesn't do anything with RTMs and very little with technology, and of course now association management starting to get into it. So um, you know, we, I, I think you and an, a, another people have been very open about uh, getting lean, and now that we're lean, we're more profitable.
0: For sure. And we're, of course, we adopt the NARPM accounting standards and we really watch all the nickels, uh, in and out. And the remote team member is no secret any longer. I mean, we're not telling people that they, something they haven't heard of. Uh, I am shocked when people like all of a sudden decide they want to hire a remote team member. And it's like, where have you been for the last four or five, six years? Yeah. I mean, this, this is a pretty good idea and it's substantial in our business. And that really made the, the helped us turn the corner in a really good method of becoming very profitable versus just kind of average profitable. And the other side of that I want to talk about too is the technology side and the showing side. That's That's been significant. If you're able to leverage uh, technology to do unaccompanied vacant home showings, you don't have to pay as high commissions. You don't have to hire a leasing agent to open doors. I mean, that's a big chunk. Then of course you want to revenue generate. You want to generate all the revenue you can by you know, fee revenue maxing, whatever you want to call it. I mean, implementing different programs that of course are going to generate more top line revenue, but the remote team members being lean, that is a big expense. Because, you know, the old saying for every dollar you save, you dollar you earn, well, yeah, you know, that's part of it. And how to exactly get to that point, gotta pay attention. Number one, monthly reviews, quarterly reviews. Why did we spend this much on this? Don't we have that redundant software somewhere else and start taking a look at your P&L on a monthly and weekly and, and quarterly basis? And, and don't be afraid to implement new things because it could be a staircase. It could level you off at first, but then once it's fully implemented, it could be a straight uptick and like a hockey stick as far as revenue generation from that. So any other points on the getting lean scenario?
1: Well, I'll tell you how important RTMs are to us that we're going to hopefully add this year about 50 associations, probably about 3,000 owners without adding one staff member here. It'll be all additional RTMs. Uh, you, you you know, that's what's, in and also, for example, in my market, the big association management companies will not manage uh, communities of 50 owners or less. They can't make a profit paying these people $75,000 where I can. And I think on the residential side, um, I think what we've learned is because we've gotten leaner, I, I don't see people taking the property management fees up, their base management fee. Now we're taking fees up in other areas, which we'll talk about. But we're not. Um, we haven't gone from seven percent to twelve percent. That's not how we increased our margins. We got leaner, and then we introduced programs and fees. Programs to better protect our owner's asset, and fees for doing additional work that's outside of the the core contract. And between those two, getting leaner and then adding fee maximization, um, I would just say we should have been doing this from day one. We just for some reason weren't doing it. And I was industry we've embraced it and and now our margins you know I think you you'd know better than I I think you know our an average margin is you know okay is 10 to 15 percent the middle people are doing 15 to 20 25 percent we've got some people at 30 percent margin um you know we've gone from the penny business to the nickel business and soon we might be in the dime business and um and that's great um and and we've we've got a conference as we talk about this before I I did got leaner before I was did fee maximization I didn't have health insurance for my employees I didn't have a retirement plan for employees I would probably say I was underinsured for as an as a company and now I'm well insured I have retirement for my employees we've not lost a staff member in two years um and and they're they're excited to be in an industry which is a company that's growing in an industry that's secure and um and that's what I think really helps us keep our employees is, is these, these, those two things we've done, get leaner and fee maximize. Yeah.
0: You know, it's funny that one of our last uh, EOS quarterly meetings, I stood up and was like arms wide open and yelled in our meeting, with like five, six people in it. The recession is here. And I'm so excited yeah. because, you know, I've been telling everybody for 10 years that, Hey, once the next recession rolls around, be ready. Uh, you could add five hundred, a thousand doors in a minute because if people can't sell, it's pretty freaking common sense they're going to rent. And with the population influx that we've seen in our market, you know, in the state of Texas for sure, uh, they're all leaving from your state. No wonder. But there's they're, they're crazy population growth, and it has it's not going to slow down. And so everyone's got to have a place to live.
1: Yeah, there's an old saying that when it's cheaper to buy than it is to rent, you buy. But when it's cheaper to rent than it is to buy, you rent. Well, it ain't cheaper to buy than it is to rent in Southern California. So we're creating a whole new generation of renters. Uh, I think there's a whole population group are not going to be buying uh, in the next five to ten years. I think it's, it's going to become inherited. You inherit a property, you don't buy a property, kind of how it is in Europe. Um, yeah, this is our time to shine for all these seven reasons. So Things that we've done in the past that prepared us for this moment, and things that are ahead of us that are going to allow us to really, as an industry, take advantage of it. And we're having this podcast, this talk, because you know we go to conferences. Uh, I love going to your conference and speaking at other conferences, and we're trying to tell people you, there, this could be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. When when I first got in the industry. I got, in the, I started my company in 2012. I ran to a guy. I was managing like 30 doors and he managed 600 doors. And I said, can you tell me how you did? How'd you get to your 600 doors? He goes, it's very, he goes really easy. You can write this down. I put open for business over my door in 2008 and I got 600 doors in less than three years. And, um, I think it's it won't be that as, as, as good as it was in 08 with that recession, but it's going to be very good. It's going to be a time for us to grow our businesses and grow our business profitably. You know, I think the last summer, a lot of people growing their business unprofitably, you know, if you're, if you're losing money, at six, 400 doors, you're, you're losing more money at six, uh, 700 doors. And I think this time as an industry, we're growing profitably.
0: And they had the REA and REIT properties where uh, you're handed three, four, 500 homes in a minute yeah. by some giant organization. They employ you for a year and they give you a 30 day notice and fire you. Uh, I remember one of our big property managers here in town went through that and that was uh, kind of a side effect of the recession. I think most of us now are smart enough to know that, hey, we're, we're not going to go help those big uh, REITs any longer, REAs, because they'll, they'll employ you and yank it out from underneath you once they steal all your knowledge. Yeah. So sure. interestingly enough, let's switch gears. I want to talk about the VCs, our TKO. And you and I have been going back and forth a couple of weeks now on, on just good points of what's going on in the state of the world with venture capital getting into property management. Now, first off, I got to say it's a good thing that Wall Street looked at our industry and said, you know what, I really like your industry. I got all these billions of dollars. We're gonna start investing into the the residential property management industry because we suddenly realized it's the core center of all real estate. And it's in the property management world. So uh, let's talk through some of this and see what you got.
1: Well, I think we have to give some backgrounds. So we might be people listening. who are like, what are you talking about, VC? So when I got in the industry, when I joined NARPM, at least there was a talk that the VCs were coming, venture capital is coming. They're going to come to your market and crush you. They're going to destroy you. Uh, mine's going to come in and they're going to start spending money on radio ads and TV ads, and they're going to charge 95 bucks a, a month with no leasing fee, and they're going to put you out of business. And this was our conferences. People walked around going, Oh my God, mine has $200 million and they're going to, they're going to just, get rid of the Mama pops are done. We're not going to survive this. Well, mine disappeared, didn't make it. And then renter's warehouse didn't make it. And the new VC money out there isn't out to crush us. It's out to acquire us <laughs> or consolidate us, take your pick. And you've got opinions on that, if that's a good or a bad thing for you to do, but now it's an option. So it's not a bad thing. You, you your operator get to say, well, yeah, I want to sell and give me this much money. Um, but they're not out there to, dismantle our industry. Um they're trying to in the sense make it better. And um and yeah, I I, I don't think we have to fear. We, we walked around in fear of venture capital and I think now we realize, hey, they see us as a, a good place to put some money. Um, yeah I'd,
0: I'd, part friend. of my up. Uh... Yeah, part of my presentation at the uh, PMMCon Con is going to be how to build your company and then never sell it. And it really is a right down the middle, 50-50. I can show you the left side. I can show you the right side if you decide to sell. And a lot of these acquirers that are coming in, they're good folks, right? I have, I have no problem with them. I think they're doing good stuff. Um, but what's interesting is you broke this down to amount of the per door per acquisition, and I mean, just throw some numbers out there. You don't have to mention names, but some of it's like pretty appalling because you and I would never spend that on a, uh, what do we call that? The customer acquisition cost, the client acquisition cost. Uh, you know, our client acquisition cost in the PM world is 500, 800 bucks, whatever. I mean, it's, it's well south of this. I mean, throw me some numbers that you're looking at in their client acquisition cost.
1: Oh, there were some in the like $20,000 a door. They were buying these doors before they went under. And you and I both know that a good operator is, is doing their client acquisition at $600 to $1,000 a door. That's kind of a depending on how, how good you are in your marketplace. And and I think what they found was they couldn't grow organically. Mine just couldn't. You know, a, a, a good analogy I'll give you is there's something called the CAI, which is Community Association Institute. It's it's where all the association management companies come together. It's national. And when you go to the conference, you're not there to learn anything. It's just a place for them to try to acquire you. It's an acquisition convention. It's not a, not a learning convention. And kind of what's happening with broker owner and our convention is becoming a little bit more like an acquisition convention, right? Um, that they, they see that as that's where all the ducks are floating in the, in the, in the, in the pond together. And let's go shoot a few. Um, but yeah, the, the, they, they've learned that it's, for whatever they cannot grow organically, so they're gonna grow through acquisition. And that means buying you or me or, or you know, anybody else out there. Um, I always say the property management's a hard, it's an easy business to get into. It's a hard business to be successful at. That's what they learned. You know, it, it's easy to spend $60 million and not, but not know how to really, we're still in the customer service business. We're in a pride swallowing customer service business but we're boots on the ground, belly to belly business. Um, And I don't think, for the most part, people hire us because of price, The hire us because of our ability, our, our reputation. In, in my marketplace, the average sales price is $850,000. They care about the asset. The cash flow is nice, they like the $3,000 a month, but they wanna make sure that asset is absolutely uh, protected by me and by the management company. And that's what I think the VCs didn't learn seven years ago. Um, they thought it was all about price and we know it's not. Um, it's about all the other stuff we do, the programs we offer and, and the tools we have. Um, so, um, and I agree with you. I think a, some of our people are selling and they're selling right before these, this market's going to boom. If you're selling right now, you're leaving a lot of money on the, t- in my opinion, leaving a lot of money on the table, my growth rate's 20%. So in five years, I'll be twice as big. I'd be leaving a lot of money on the table. And then of course, if you sell, there's tax ramifications and a bunch of other stuff you gotta, you gotta sort through, but, um. I think the VC thing now, you know, there's some big ones out there. There's uh, Belong has got $80 million. They're now going from California to the rest of the country looking to acquire anybody they can. Uh, You've got, of course, Pure, which is, you know, they're a consolidator, which they have their pitch. So they're all coming out with different pitches, just buy and get rid of you, bring you into the fold. You know, here's our technology, whatever it might be. But that's good. It's saying to the world that our industry is attractive.
0: I agree with that. Now, I would hate to say that you and I were right because we, you know, we don't want to be, you know, spiking the football necessarily, but when we first started to about this, you know, you and I had conversations that basically we said uh, they're never going to replace a small mom and pop operator because they're super hyper local market knowledgeable. They went to the local university, their kids go to the local high schools and they're there in that market. You get that sense from the very beginning. Uh, the same thing if you go to our website, you get the very bit sense that we are rooted in the San Antonio to Austin, Texas region, like this is our stomping ground. We are not trying to be some national player. Here's a picture of the American map, the lower 48, and all these stars dotted all over the place in these different states. I don't know if that impresses somebody locally in San Antonio, uh, nor does a New York City address of your corporate headquarters. Right, so those things never really played well. And again, going back to that, you're never going to be able to replace the 200 to 500 to a thousand unit small local operators that are just absolute local experts. I just don't no matter the price. I mean, the price is not that big a deal.
1: Nobody's ever called here that I'm aware of and says, you know what, I want to work. I want. I want to make sure my management company is the biggest management company in Southern California. Are you the biggest? That's what I want. I want to be lost in the in the shuffle. No, they call and they want the best. And and they they determine best by a lot of factors, right? But um, yeah, I think that's where they got lost. I will say, association management, they will say, "Are how big are you? Are you big enough? Can you handle us?" You know, we're five hundred owners. That that's a different, I think, paradigm than residential. Um, and yeah, I, I, I feel you. When mine was coming out, everybody was was trembling in their boots about mine. I I you know, mine would come here and they would uh, they would implode. They would their business model would within a year they would they would lose all their doors, all their contracts, um, because they try to do too much is sold on technology we're in the technology business yes we use technology to run a better business but we're not we're not in the technology business we are in a we're in a uh you know, we're in a business of protecting assets of of, of holding tenants accountable to contracts um, to making sure the owners follow the law and the tenants follow the law um and uh but we're, we're, we're not in the technology business
0: and that's a that's a poignant part to bring up because they're doing these valuations based on them being a tech type of a business. And the tech valuations, they can go for 10x, 15x revenue, right? It's stupid high on the amount of revenue. So if you applied that to a management company, uh you and I would be both be like, sure, write me the check. You want to give me 15x for what my what my company generates in, in revenue, bring it. But that does, that's not reality. And so what's going on is these, these roll up conglomerations, uh, they're doing good stuff. They're consolidating people that want to exit and they want to be part of the bigger play. But where I'm going with this is we don't know if the bigger play is going to flush out. We don't know that yet. Has anybody proven that model of rolling up a hundred management companies into a hundred thousand doors and selling for 10x? You know, in conjecture, you could argue that it's been done before and like, like industries, but I haven't seen it yet in our industry. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, it, it, you, you put anything tech on it, and you you get evaluations five or ten times higher. Um, you know, we we are we're a cash flow business. We are we are. You know, you you bring in X and you you spend a little bit less than that, and you make a profit. That's not a tech business, and. I think the only tech out there is replacing us. That's a tech business, you know. Um, what Zillow is trying to do—that they can find the tenant for them, and they do rent collection for them, and and disperse for them—and uh, and I think I think that's tech. Um, but we're we're not tech. Uh, and 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 hey, if it happens, that's great. God bless our brethren who got on at the bottom at the at the bottom at the bottom floor and took advantage of it. We'll see in seven or eight years. But you know, the thing about this industry—it changes a lot year to year, doesn't it? It doesn't seem to be a static industry. And um, what, what 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 is appealing today could be unappealing a few years from now. So um, I agree with you. I, I I think it's 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 easy to call anything tech and get the valuation, but are we really a tech business?
0: I, I think the the bottom line people should take just from that little snippet of this conversation is that don't fear, mm-hmm. don't fear the big boys. You know, if they come in with this giant presence and they offer a, a little bit lesser price than what you know you're charging now, uh, I don't think you should fear that because. You said it in the very beginning, our real competition is the local SMIPO, the self-managing individual property owner, as you've dubbed it. You're the only one that uses that term, by the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, The SMIPOs are our real competition because if they're able to rent out a home using Zillow and they sign a contract for a lease agreement on a napkin and the state allows that, that's very dangerous and that's our real competition. And so we're going to see potentially more of that and I think that's only going to only going to lead down a, a slippery slope, a cascading staircase. Uh, people, consumers, running to the state saying, "This landlord screwed me over. Uh, this tenant did this." I mean, it's just they're going to say that the consumer needs to be protected. Here are more laws. Here's more regulations. And that, that's either a good or bad thing. And I just hope they do it in the correct way. Like one of the things they're talking about in Texas was trying to allow. Uh, excuse me, trying to disallow contracts outside of the promulgated state forms, mm-hmm. which I totally disagree with. I mean, if you have an attorney approved form uh, that's been tried and true, you should be able to use that. That's that's common sense, open market stuff. But if you want to regulate something, regulate the people getting industry, the industry, not the paperwork involved in the industry, then what does that have to do with it? And it's a free market to a certain extent. So let's touch base a little bit on some of the other things going on. The
1: Uh, 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 That that dovetails into the last one. So, you know, know, we're in a real estate recession, one, renter state coming, two. We've used technology to be leaner. We're squeezing more out of our doors, four. Agents are falling out of the tree. We don't have to worry about the VCs. And this leads to the biggest thing is that uh, there's – Kind of a famous book it's not, it's not well written but it's a good book on blue ocean and and i think as an industry we have these blue oceans ahead of us that's the self-managing investment property owner going after that person taking advantage of the agents falling out of the tree how do i take advantage of that is that a joint venture is that having them work for me is that whatever that looks like right um and then for me it's association management which is just a complete mess in southern california been able to grow at 85 associations in less than two years but as an industry we also have maintenance you can do um, you can go out there and start a maintenance division. You can do fix and flips. You can do syndications. That we have all these streams that we swim in. And for me, I do escrow. I own a, a hazard disclosure company. I mean that that I, too many people in our industry get really kind of myopic and they get in their silo and they manage their hundred doors in um, you know wherever it might be, not realizing there's so many other streams out there. That be willing to pivot. Short-term rentals is another one people are are, are playing in. Uh, that you know the r- real estate industry has really not changed at all in 40 years it's still the broker with a bunch of agents trying to add as many agents they can the best splits they can it's pretty much been it right but we sit at the nexus if you will of all these other revenue streams um and and i see more and more in our industry people taking advantage of that and i, I certainly have and it's and it's you know i got into hoa management uh, i think brian knows this when the co- when COVID hit we were all scared hoopless that all of our tenants would stop paying and that, and the state would come in and take care of uh, the tenants. And we're like, well, wait a minute, if I'm getting 7% of nothing, that equals nothing. So I I I was panicking. I don't know, but remember the PPP loan. Am I going to run around trying to get our money? And I started HOA management because we're, we're on a on accrual accounting. I get paid regardless if they pay or not, right? So I thought, okay, that's counter cyclical to residential was association management, association and then property management's counter cyclical to real estate. So you want to get in those revenue streams that they're they're going to pay you no matter what, which is maintenance um, is a good one. You've got a couple companies and and then and, and that's what's cool about our industry is that we're, we're not just sitting on $100. Some people are, which is great, but the people that are really innovating in this industry are really looking at other revenue streams.
0: And we always talk about the how, and you know, I'm always a big guy about that. It's like, okay, we, we hear these great ideas, but how do I do that? So first thing is to get your house in order, meaning get your management company running uh, to where it can run itself to a certain extent. So we hear the old cliche work on your business, not in your business. Okay. If you can work to that point to where you can free up, 50% of your time, you can take something like commercial management, commercial sales, construction, syndication, mortgage lending, short-term rentals, pick one of those and work on it on the side and create another silo of business revenue generation. So I always like to bring that up because uh, you got to get your house in order first. And that could be just following simple checklists in the CRMC with NARPM, uh the, the Certified Residential Management Company checklist of how you get to that point following the NARPM accounting standards. Those are two big hows. On getting your home, in order to grow those other silos that will take advantage of this market. What else you got?
1: Well, you know, you, you, I remember when I first got in the industry, when you went to a conference, you asked how many do, you do real estate. I think it was a, it was the minority. It was maybe twenty or thirty percent that I do is no, no, no. I don't do real estate. I, I get, you know, I don't want to compete with the people that give me referrals. You know, that'd be. And I think if you go to a conference now, I would say it's eighty to ninety percent have a real estate division. That they're capturing the, their, their clients, the doors that want to sell. Hey, I can sell that for you and, and, uh, take care of that, get that revenue stream. Even that small step, because as agents fall out of this tree, you can offer a better split than Coal Bank or corporate that's at a 70, 30 or a 60, 40 for you is gravy. So, you know, start that real estate group and, and have a reasonable split and know that you've got, you know, you can pay the bills and take care of them. So I think as an industry, we've gravitated toward real estate. Now I see people gravitating to association management and short-term rentals. Um, we've always tried to dabble into maintenance, which has been kind of a thorn in our side, but we're doing that more. I, I just I just think that whatever, you're, 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 you're right. First, make sure you're profitable in your property management business, that it can run on its own without you being there. For me, I hired my son about three years ago, four years ago to run the residential division. I don't do anything with the residential anymore. So I can focus, go big picture, do escrow, association management we're, we're we're doing the owner benefits package, which you and I have talked about because for example, associate management, my profit margin is only about $5 a door. So if I can do an owner benefits package and get another $5, I'm going to double my profit margin. So I think once you get your, 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 your store in order, your, your company in order, then you look out new other ways to generate more revenue, even from the doors you manage, right? You know, go get new doors, but then the doors you have, how can I squeeze out another five bucks, another ten bucks? You know, how can I can I do a security deposit waiver program? How can I implement that? Um, and by doing those things, if your profit margin on residential is running twenty percent, and you're you're bringing in two hundred, you're making forty dollars a door. If you just bring in ten more dollars, that's a twenty percent increase in profit. So, um, yeah,
0: one of the one of the challenges we talked about at our annual meeting just a, uh, a week ago was. The price of doing just a basic cleaning, the maid service and the carpet cleaning. And, you know, we're in there with eight or 10 staff members and all our key leaders. And we're, we're going through this program that, uh, we talk about our 695 cleaning service where we'll handle all your cleaning top to bottom for 695 bucks. Mm-hmm. And anymore we're starting to like, it's a flipper coin, whether we're going to go underwater or we're going to actually make a hundred bucks. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we started talking about, okay, let's maybe we should buy our own carpet cleaning van. Right, and these are some of the ideas that come out of the maintenance side, and so we're looking at that. And I know it's, this is a completely offshoot conversation, but you know, you get to the point where you're okay if your business is somewhat stabilized, and there's shifting in the market. So I'm talking about the shifting. The shifting is carpet cleaning is so dang expensive right now, that we can't offer that service any longer, right? And we can't rely on the dudes that do carpet cleaning because the labor market's so good, the unemployment market's so low. That we're considering insourcing that, and it really illustrates a point of like everything changes, right? You're influxing, you're outfluxing, you're you're insourcing one thing now, and then a year later you're outsourcing it, and so you just have to kind of roll with the punches. But uh, I just want to bring that up because it does kind of illustrate a few points down in the dirty weeds of like things that are challenging us right now. Uh, this has been a really good conversation. I love it. What else you got going for me?
1: Well. I- I would really exhort people, um, I know it costs money to go to a conference, but I think this is the year to go to conferences. This is the year to go to uh, the Mastermind Conference, Con. This is the year to go to broker-owner. I think there's there's such a a, a bountiful amount of information you're going to hear there and what people are doing. Uh, We were were in industry 10, 15 years ago, in the corner of the real estate office, underfunded, under-resourced, Bad reputation. We had, a, you know, we nickel and dime people. We had terrible customer service, terrible technology. Fast forward to 2023, given everything we've talked about, we are sitting in the catbird seat. And 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 what are you doing today to anticipate what's going to happen for the next three to four years? This recession is not three to four months. This recession is going to be a lot like 91 to 95 because you know there's a psychological term that people don't like to they they avoid pain rather than gain and nobody wants to lose a three percent interest rate they want to hang on to it because they're never going to get that again and so i think there's psychology involved here too so what what are you doing today what incremental improvements are you making today to anticipate, the this, this, this renter state thing is, isn't just this month, it's the next 10 years. The recession is the next four years. The uh, technology is just going to continue to come down the pike. RTMs are going to become more important, not less important the next five years. Um, income, agents are going to be falling out of that tree for the next three years at least, maybe four years. Um, VCs, I think you're going to see more money go to the VCs because they're looking at our profit margins now at 15 20 25%. And, and our opportunities are gonna be out there in these other income streams. So um, this is the year to go to conferences. This is the year to um, uh, talk to people, to listen to podcasts, to, to grow, because where everybody else is going to be st- 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 strom and drang, it's terrible, the world's ending, what are we gonna do? We're gonna be, we're, it's our time to shine, as we talked before we got on the thing. And this is our time, we suffered the last seven years as our our portfolios dissipated because all these investors are selling left and right. And we were just treading water, trying to keep our doors. And now we're gonna gonna be able to enjoy the next three, enjoy a recession, which is hard to say, but we get to enjoy this recession and grow your businesses, get more profitable. And be. I would say, I'm, I'm talking to a, doing a JV with a big real estate company here, 500 agents. And, you know, this is our time to take advantage of all the good things we've done in the past and what's all the trends are right now in the future. Um, it's our, our time to be a kind of a shining light in the industry because the real estate industry has not been that. But we we have been and we will continue to be. Um, but get out of your silo, go to a conference, uh, talk to other people, join your local narPOm chapter, um, because there's a lot of good things happening out there.
0: Agreed. Now one of the things I want to bring up kind of reverting back is those real estate agents, right? You had a stat in there where they're the highest paid commissions in the in the entire world. In the world, yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the US economy right now. And then the average commission was like four point nine percent or something crazy.
1: Correct. Four point nine two, yeah.
0: Yeah, and the UK was like one point eight or something.
1: Australia, same thing australia is the same thing they're they they just have one side we could see a future where you don't really have buyer's agents anymore there's uh there's some big players who want to make us an auction model so you hire a listing agent you put it out there people look at it and then you sell it right i i think the future of real estate if i had to guess is that the buy side is going to go down to one percent one and a half percent um and probably um it will be done by teams or you're going to have all these new business models where you get paid hourly or you get paid a success fee, right? So a thousand bucks, I show you homes, $5,000. I write up offers, $10,000. Once we close escrow, you could see that. So the, the real estate industry is is going to be in a, a world of hurt. Um, but by the way, 50% of agents don't do a single deal. So I, once again, you don't have to feel too bad for them. It's an industry. I, I always tell people right now, we don't have an inventory problem. We've got an agent problem. Too many goddamn agents. We we don't have enough sales, but we really have too many agents. And so all we do is get rid of those agents. Real estate will come balanced again, but that's going to take you know, two to three years to squeeze these agents out of the system. And that's where the pain is going to be.
0: I kind of like this in a, in a number of different ways. One, uh, you, we've all know the big time agents. They are in their Mercedes and their their fancy cars, and they wear f- nice clothes, and they look down upon their nose at our at our you know just feeble uh property management system oh you guys are property managers you're, you're you know i can't even look you in the eyes i i just you're not even on the same level as me and we're going to see a little bit of leveling of that you know they're going to be they're going to be hurting here in the next few years uh in addition to if we can make this a healthier real estate market because of this recession because of this buyer's agency going away it elevates the level of stature of the real estate industry because right now it, it feels like a lot of shady uh ambulance chasing attorneys i mean that's the feel of the real estate industry it's if you take polls of uh the most respected industry real estate is up near at the bottom i mean attorneys and realtors are like a, near the absolute bottom and it's because of buyer's agency it's made these twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars commissions with one showing and it just irritates the heck out of people and the six percent commissions and and sellers paying that much and it's just people don't like it and it's good to see a healthy shift so i i kind of believe in all this i just Worry about the future if they're all gonna run into property management. So you point, pointed, you spot on there. It's like, hey, take advantage of it. Build a system to where they can come work for you. Uh, you can hand them off 20, 30, 40 homes. Uh, they manage those under your system. They make a, a split of that commission and everybody wins in that regard.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, either either let them fall out and don't take advantage of it, but I think there's opportunities with, the, either with your real estate brokerage, having that and hiring them or be using them for your own purposes. Um, we have found that agents are really good at community management. They're great at it. They pick up the phone, they talk to people, they don't have to make decisions. Um, it's been it's been great for us. But um, yeah, it's just. Well, I think we're trying to communicate, this is not, is, is this going to happen? It, it is going to happen. We are going to lose 20 to 30% of the agents. So that's fine. You could be happy with that. Great. Get rid of them. They were not good to begin with. They need to go work somewhere else or take advantage of it. But you're right. I think some of them, are, as they, they start grasping at straws, they're going to start managing their own clients' properties. And we need to be aware of that. But you know, I think this industry has gotten so complicated, it's harder and harder just to do that. It might have been something feasible 10 years ago, the last recession. I think it's harder to do that.
0: Yeah, I agree with you.
1: Brokerage is letting their agents manage properties that I'm aware of.
0: Yeah, because the litigation around just property management is scary. And a lot of the brokers, they make them sign disclosures, waivers, whatever, that says they're not managing property. And so, yeah, they are going to crack down on it. The insurance companies are for sure going to start cracking down on this. No, I don't want your brokerage with 20 different property managers, with 20 different, you know, air quote accounts floating around and all this liability. Uh, We just don't want it. And so they're going to start pushing that out a bit more. So the next time we're going to see you is at the Property Manager Mastermind Conference at the end of March uh, in 2023 in Nashville, Tennessee. Go to pmmcon.com to learn more. You're going to be one of the, the facilitators of that. And so we've arranged for five-plus solid hours of uh masterminding small group time in the two-day conference. And that's really where the magic happens because it's one thing to throw out ideas on stage and, okay, you write some scribbles notes down. It's the other thing to really digest that in a small group and be able to ask questions and you hear different opinions and hear different techniques. That's where the magic happens. That's what masterminding is about. That's the spirit of the conference. I mean, it's real simple. I mean, we have a really good lineup. We have good speakers. Uh, Iron Cowboys is going to be coming in. We have several warm-ups that are going to be really nice. And I think that's going to set the tone for an absolute great learning environment.
1: What's unique about your conference is I find the operators to be at a higher level. Um, so broker owners, nothing wrong with managing 50 doors or 40 doors and wanting, you know, and that, and you find a lot of those people, are broker owner at your conference, even if somebody's managing 50 or hundred doors, they want to be managing a thousand doors. They want to, they want to grow. And, and you have some great operators there that are really, I, I would, I'm always shocked by how really good they are, how well they operate and they know their KPIs. They know their accounting standards. They know, they know how to grow. And so when you go to your conference, you get to sit in a room with thirty of these people, well, obviously with the whole group, but then you're going to break it down to you know thirty or fifty people in a room sharing what they're doing well, what they're struggling with. You you'll learn more in those five hours than you than five hundred hours sitting at your uh, your office wherever you might be. So the operators there are we're just really of a high standard, high caliber, um, and that's what you're gonna you're gonna enjoy hearing from them, not from people on the stage. who Might be bullshitting you and telling you what here's what I'm doing but how do you know you're going to have people in that room that uh it's open the kimono time and they really do share their uh, their successes and struggles
0: I'm always shocked about some of the the low hanging uh operators you know they're really low key you never heard of them before they never make a peep anywhere and you start talking to them like yeah we manage you know 2,000 homes you're like what I mean, that's a pretty big business I, Yeah. I never heard of you. Never, never. You know, you don't make a peep on the, the groups. You don't you know, you go to conferences hardly. I've never met you before. And this is it's always a handful of those that show up to these conferences. It's kind of fun to enjoy, to meet them and see, you know, what would you do to get so to your size? I mean, how do you handle this and what do you do here? And and so it, it's always fun to go to those. And I appreciate your time today. It's yep. been a fantastic conversation. We'll see you at the Mastermind Conference upcoming in the end of March and go to pmmcon.com to learn more and get signed up.
1: Thanks again, Scott, for coming on. I look forward to seeing everybody in in March.
2: Imagine a world where the phone doesn't ring, but tenant leads still get pre-qualified and scheduled. Where in-person showings get coordinated automatically in real time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week where occupants and owners are automatically notified of showings and leasing reports. Or imagine, no one has to show your rentals and they get leased faster than ever, safely and securely. That's the world of Tenant Turner. Come learn more about our beautiful scheduling software and world-class customer support. Call us, 888-976-4638 or visit www.tenantturner.com
1: This has been a podcast episode by propertymanagementproductions.com Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, leave us feedback, and come back for our next episode.